Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, it's good to be home. Like I said, uh, we left, Pastor Greg and I left on Saturday the 23rd, I think, 20 what? 21st, yeah, the 21st of September. And of course, our destination is six hours ahead of us, so we didn't get there until Monday, but it was really only a day and a half travel. But uh, that's a long time to travel, though. And uh, so we got there Monday morning, uh, and uh, was it Monday or Tuesday we got there? I don't even, Monday, I don't even remember now. The, yeah, the crusade started Tuesday night. Ordinarily, the crusades we go to Brother Christopher does two crusades in each area back to back, one week after the next. And in the past, Pastor Greg and I have always gone in on the second crusade. It starts on a Wednesday night. The first crusade always starts on Tuesday night, which I wasn't aware of until just before we left. So the crusade started on Tuesday night. I was so glad the pastor's conference didn't start Tuesday morning. But uh, it started, uh, the crusade started Tuesday night, went through Sunday night. Uh, including Saturday night. And then on Wednesday morning, Pastor Greg and I conducted a pastor's or minister's conference uh, in town. The crusade was outside of town. Uh, normally, we go into these African uh, countries and the different cities, and uh, Brother Christopher will have a crusade in a township, you know, kind of in the outskirts, away from the, you know, the main uh, city part. And uh, this time he was further out. In other words, you had to drive away from the city out through the, to the countryside to get to it. And uh, because of that, it was a smaller community and, and uh, the crowds were smaller. It was, it's always hard to guesstimate, you know, what the crowd is, but I'm guessing somewhere around maybe 2,000 people, over 1,000, I'm certain, maybe 2,000 people because you have about 60% of the people will come up under the lights and, and the rest will kind of hang out, you know, in the shadows. You got a lot of nonsense going on out there, you know. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of people. And then the, the, uh, the sound system he has, he has, he has speakers that are, I mean, they're this tall, single speakers that are this wide, they're gigantic. We heard him from a mile away before, because, well, not him, but the singers before, because they're singing and all before we get there. And, uh, and the uh, worship leader was exhorting, and we could hear him clearly a mile away. So this, this goes out into, into all of the village, you know, around. And so uh, a lot of people were, were ministered to. A lot more people heard the word than came out to the meetings. And you never know, you know, how many people would get saved in their homes, how many people received healing, because uh, Brother Christopher preaches a salvation message every night. And then at the end of that uh, time, he calls for anybody who's sick, first of all, anybody who's deaf uh, in one or both ears or has hearing loss, and then anybody who's blind or has uh, reduced you know, vision uh, to come forward, and then, then after that, anybody who has any kind of ailment of any kind. And uh, he doesn't lay hands on them. He just prays a mass prayer and you know, just a prayer for everybody. And then the, the pastors, the community pastors, local pastors line up across the front down on the on the you know, on the ground, off the platform, and they lay hands on as many people as they can get, get to because there's usually a, a crowd of, you know, maybe 100 people at least that's up front for healing. And every single night, there are miracles. 
I mean, first of all, there's the salvation message and, and, and hands go up all over the place. There's no telling because Brother Christopher never likes to exaggerate and that's why he never gives many estimations of his crowd size. But when the cards are collected by the local pastors and follow-up is done, that's when you'll find out how many. But certainly, certainly hundreds and hundreds of people got saved in, in the crusade. And, uh, and then, uh, then he prays for the sick, like I said, and, and there are miracles, some of the things. There was one man that came up that had been run over by an automobile and his legs had been crushed and he came up walking. So God restored him and he was walking. I mean, praise God, it was amazing. And, uh, and then there was a woman who came up and it was, it was hard for her to explain. Brother Christopher didn't know what she was saying at first, but he thought she had like a, like a, you know, like a slightly swollen face. She said, no, her face was swollen out to here. And I don't remember what, what caused it, but it went completely down. She came up, there was no swelling on her face at all. She said, yeah. She said, no, it was out like this. It's like this big around, way out here. And God healed her. Uh, it was a, a, a deaf, I know there was a, a young boy that was deaf. He was healed. Uh, and I think there were more, you know, I'm just trying to remember the, the individual ones because not everybody comes up on the platform. But God just did amazing things. A lot of people saved, and, and it was wonderful. And it's, it's great to be there in a, in a situation like that. And while I'm thinking about it, uh, I've thought about this before, and I've never really, I guess, made a point of it. But anybody that wants to go with us uh, on, to, to one, on one of these trips, you just like to go over there. This time, I don't think there were any lay people with uh, Brother Christopher, but in times past, other crusades we've been, Pastor Greg and I have gone over there, there have been ministers, sometimes three or four, pastors from the states that just, you know, came. They weren't teaching in the uh, uh, pastor's conference, or anything. they just came. And there were lay people from churches that, that support Brother Christopher. They just wanted to go. Maybe their pastor wasn't even there. If you want to go on one of these trips, uh, you know, start planning on it. And uh, you're welcome to go if you'd like to take a trip like this. It's, it's really an amazing thing. This is evangelism on the, on the frontier. And uh, I, don't, I think Brother Christopher was in this particular township in, in April. And then he came back to the same area. He ordinarily doesn't do this. But this was a, uh, uh, an area that uh, had, had limited access to the gospel in the past. There were, there were churches there, but they're all small. And, uh, uh, and so he, he went back after being there in April, came back again in September. And uh, then in the, in the mornings, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Pastor Greg and I conducted a minister's conference. And it was mostly pastors that were there. Not, not all the men and women there were pastors, but most of them were. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about this. But, you know, the, it's when, when, you, when, you, when you're there... And we stayed in a nice hotel. Don't, I don't want to misrepresent anything. We, in the city in Lusaka, at a very nice hotel. Hotel, The food was good. Uh, but the entire country, and in and, and, and every nation I've been in, in uh, southern, not just south, the country of South Africa, but all the countries of southern Africa, I think this condition exists in everywhere that's in sub-Sahara Africa. It is so dirty because they get no rain. Their, their seasons are swapped from ours. We got there in September and they were just coming out of winter. And uh, spring was just beginning to, to uh, be in the air. 
and, and their winters aren't really harsh. But there's not, there is literally not one drop of rain from when the rain stopped in March or early April. There's not a drop, I'm not kidding you, there's not a drop of rain until sometime in October or early November. There's not one drop of rain. And then it starts raining and it rains often and sometimes it rains like monsoons. I mean, it rains and just floods the plains and you've seen you know, things on, on uh, television where the animals, you know, all finally get something to drink, you know. And uh, uh, because of that, it's very dirty. And, and the people there are just so wonderful. They're, they're, they're so cordial and, and sweet and polite. And, uh, you know, you have to live in those conditions so everything is dirty. It gets in your house. It's a, it's a kind of a, a dark, uh, tannish colored dirt, and it's just like rock with, a, with a, a covering of this dust on it. If you go down the streets in the city in Lusaka, you know, Lusaka's got some very nice areas, and there are homes behind walls, you know, that have irrigation, and they've got palm trees, and they're blush, you know. You come outside that wall from there into the street where the gutter and then the, and then the paved street, there's hardly no grass growing. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just dry. And so because of that, it's, it's, it wears on you. You know, it gets in, it gets in your clothes. The reason Brother Christopher, you've seen him in his crusades, he wears that bandana, he does that to keep the dirt off of his head. And uh, it's just we come back and our clothes are filthy and, and your, 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 your throat is dry because the people when during praise and worship, uh, his praise and worship leader, uh, his name is Brighton. And Brighton has uh, put together a praise and worship CD. And in, in, in a lot of these African countries, the most popular music on the radio is Christian music. So when you come to the Crusades, you'll think everybody out there is saved because they know all the worship songs and the little kids and the teenagers. And they're, they're singing along with all of the choruses and you think, well, these people are saved. No, that's just what they listen to on the radio. And, uh, and so Brighton, he, he published, you know, he put together this, uh, this praise and worship CD and it's number two on the charts. So everybody, he's like a celebrity. And so Christopher was, was making fun of him, you know, as you're, you know, our, our celebrity. And people were hollering uh, requests from the crowd, sing so-and-so, you know, so he would sing that. And so the people get all excited and they dance and they clap and this cloud of dust just comes up. And if the wind is blowing towards you, forget about it. I mean, you just, you go, you get back, you're going to have to get a shower again. I mean, it's just terrible. And so, you know, when in a situation like that, there's grace there for it. But by, but by the last day, <laughs> grace is beginning to wane, you know. And uh, so we were, we were really uh, uh, glad when, you know, when it was all over. And then we went to Europe for two days because our stopover to come home was in Paris. So we just planned to stay there. And uh, Greg had planned a lot of that. The first time I went to Paris a couple of years ago, we only saw a couple of We went to the Eiffel Tower and the Arts Triumph and... and uh, and uh, the, the Louvre, huh? Notre Dame and the Louvre. I'm glad I saw Notre Dame before it burned. We were outside of it this time and took a picture of it's under construction. It's got scaffolding all around it, but we saw t- two years ago in its, in its glory. And, uh, but this time, and I told Rich, he asked me what I wanted to do in, in Paris. I'll get back to Africa in a minute. And I said, I don't feel like I've really experienced Paris because we'd, 
we go underground, you know, in the metro, and we pop up at the Ark of the Triumph. We'd go underground, and we'd pop up at, at the Eiffel Tower and so forth, you know. I said, I want to, you know, I want to just walk the streets. And boy, did we do that. <laughs> I mean, we were off the beaten path. We were down on the main roads and down the side roads and all the little cafes we ate, you know, and bought food and sat in the little neat um, uh, bistros. And, and just we just had a, a great time. And then uh, we did a lot of walking. We went to... Uh, uh, the the palace of uh, Versailles, which is stunningly uh, outrageous and ostentatious and above over the top, like it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Years ago, I, my my wife and I went to the Biltmore House, and uh, and it, you know if you've been there, it's just it's modeled after Versailles. And as I found out, many of the palaces like that in Europe, they're all modeled after Versailles. That's the, like the cream de la cream. And then a few years ago, my wife and I were in California. We went to the Hearst Castle. And it's on the west coast you know, in northern California. And when we went through it, we said, you know, this is like a cheap American version of, because, you know, the, the, the uh, who were the people that built the, the Biltmores? The, uh, huh? Vanderbilts, you know. You know the difference in old money and new money? The Biltmore is old money and Hearst Castle is new money. Well, the Biltmore house is like a log cabin compared to this place. It is so over the top. Gold leaf over everything. Anyway, uh, we, we did that. We did a lot of walking. We met Ike and Cindy Cool on the grounds of now, you know, we knew they were they were coming, but but we didn't plan it this way. Uh, Toward the, the end of, the, of planning the trip, Pastor Greg was in touch with Ike, and he, he said, you're going to Paris. When? He said, we're going to be there. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, and so Greg talked to him a little while, and we were telling him about where we were going. We were going to Versailles. He said, we're going to Versailles. <laughs> and as it turned out, we didn't, we didn't arrange it. We were going on the same day and at the same time. Ike and Cindy were there uh, with RMAI, meeting with uh, the RMAI pastors because they do a lot of work with the French-speaking people. So they were there with um, the leaders of, of RMAI over France and uh, some of the other countries. So they had a meeting in the morning, and they met us just about noontime uh, at the, at the pa uh, palace outside. So we spent the day with them, and then they had a really cool French restaurant that they knew about that was one of the uh, top 100 restaurants in Paris. And uh, so they wanted, they were all going there. So we went with them. We just had a great time. You know, it's just like you've, you'd never been apart. You, know, you just pick up, you know, where you were. So we had a great time with them. It was wonderful to see what God's doing through them. They're having such an effective ministry in Canada, in Quebec, but also just in France and reaching out. They're, they're, God has just blessed them. And they are really reaching people. And uh, they're having really a, a, an international uh, impact, uh, Ike, Pastor Ike and, and Pastor Cindy. So it was great being with them. Uh, in uh, our minister's conference, during the day, I teach, and I have for the last, I know the last three times, 2019, this time 17, 16, I know the last three times I've taught on the local church. And you've heard me tell how, how the feedback is that uh, they really appreciate uh, me coming. In the past, Brother Christopher has, has planned and scheduled these ministers' conference in several of his crusades during the year. 
Uh, and, and I heard it said before, I got a little more information this time. I'd heard it said before, I think the last time or the time before, that, that and I'm not bragging on me, I'm just telling you what they said, that, that they appreciated my ministry and Greg's ministry because we dealt with things that were practical that they could use. They said many of the other uh, ministers that Brother Christopher would bring in to do these ministers' conference, not just from America, but from England, different places, the Western countries mostly. Uh, he said, they said, well, they preach on things we really can't, they're not really practical to us. And I didn't really understand what that was and what they meant. And they said, we, we and so they started requesting Chris, to Christopher uh, through the crusade director, we want Pastor Anderson to come back. Well, well, I found out a little bit more about it. Uh, uh, his crusade director, Christopher's crusade director, his second in, in hand, he said, the difference is, he said, he made this comment, he said, the other preachers that from the West who come, they preach things that, that, that the, the African nationals can't relate to. So Greg asked him, he said, what do you mean? He said, well, in, in things relating to faith, you know, we teach faith and victory and authority and all these things. He said they, they teach things on faith, but their examples are so over the top. And I know even in, in America, a lot of, of leading faith preachers, they will, they, will, they will tell their best stories. You know, they gave $10,000 and God blessed them with a two and a half, you know, $250,000 airplane or something. You know, he's really great. Well, you know, even in America, that's not ordinary. Now, how many times that happened to you, you know? Uh, that's not ordinary, and, and it's real. God does do things like that, but, you know, people, evangelists and all, they like to give, you know, their best story. Well, in Africa, the, the people there can't relate. And so he said, he said it's sort of like this. This is what Pastor Movando told us at lunch. He said, for instance, in Africa, witchcraft is prevalent and it's very real, and they see it all the time. And he said it would be difficult for people in the West to really understand the things that happen over there. He said, for instance, they were in a meeting and uh, a demon came out of them. We see demons, we see demons manifest, manifesting in every crusade we've been to. And people have to be, you know, have the devil cast out of them. This one woman, he said, and I've never seen this, but Christopher's told me stories like this. I'd not heard this one before. He said a demon came out of this woman and it came out of her breast and it came through her clothes and landed on the ground and it looked like a dead rat. He said, now how do you explain that to Westerners? He said, most Christians in the West, well, that's ridiculous. You're making that up. That, that didn't happen. Demon spirits, you know, demons are spirits. How, how could, you know? I don't know. He said, I can't explain it. He said, these kind of things happen all the time. He told us about a man in a crusade. A lot of times on Sundays, and I remember Ed Elliott used to do this, they'll build a big bonfire on the last night of crusade and they'll, and they'll have all of the people bring all of their witchcraft uh, items and you know amulets and all these sort of charms and all this stuff. You know, Because these witch doctors, they give people these little things and they put a curse on them and they control that person's family because weird things start happening to them and, and then they're in, they're in fear. They control people by fear and they put these curses on these little things and these people carry them around. And they're told you have to carry them or you'll die. 
And uh, this man brought a horn. He said it was about this big. It was like a cow horn. And it had um, uh, some beads wrapped around it. And it also had something on it that had blood on it. He said, we didn't ask whether it was animal blood or human blood. We didn't ask, but it was blood. And they had this big bonfire. And he threw this, this cowbell. And he had received Christ as his Savior. And this is, this is the way I'm, I'm putting the past behind me. I'm not afraid of demons. And I'm not afraid of the witch doctor. So they burn all that stuff. And, and I've been there before where there, were just, there would be a pile of it this tall. I mean, big, you know, 10 feet across, just piled of beads and all kinds of weird things. Well, this man threw this horn in there. And while this fire was going, he said this horn shot up like a missile out of that fire and went up in the air, straight up in the air, and just hovered in the air. And then it fell down in the fire, and that was the end of it. He said, how can you explain that to people in the, in the, in the West? They, they, don't, they don't comprehend it. He said, that's the way these Western preachers sound to them when they start, start talking about prosperity and, and different things that they believe God for. He said, it's just over the top. We can't understand it. And uh, he said, that's why uh, they appreciate your ministry so much because you deal with things that go on in the local church. They, it was funny. He said that they, this, now we were in Lusaka in 2017. But the crusade was on the other side of town. And this year it was on the opposite side of town. Plus it was, you know, 15 miles out of town. And uh, so I asked for a show of hands the first day. Who was here? Who, you know, who's present? Who was here in 2017? Because I teach on the, on the local church, but I never get finished. So I wanted to know if they'd already heard. You know, I wanted to go back and kind of catch them up and go forward. Not one hand came up. So none of the people in this pastor's conference attended the pastor's conference in 2017. So I started over again, you know, foundation. But they came to Pastor Mavando, some of the leading pastors, you know, and they said, how did Pastor Anderson know what's going on over here? How did he know that? How did he know what's going on in our church? They think that they have something. I, I teach the same thing there that I teach in California, the Bible school there. It's the same in every local church all over the world. There's no difference. People are people. Pastors and congregations deal with the same kind of things. But they thought, man, Pastor Anderson, he must be a prophet because he came over here and he knew all of this stuff, you know. And, and I just had to laugh. But uh, at the end of it, after the, after the three days on the, uh, I would usually do two hours and Greg would do one hour. Greg did a marvelous teaching on the pastor's family. How many of you know that there's this traditional idea that the preacher's kids are the worst kids in the church? You ever heard that? I used to say this, if the preacher's kids are the worst kids in the church, it's because they've been hanging around the deacon's kids. <laughs> but, but a lot of it is that preacher's kids are bad because their parents completely ignore them and they throw their entire lives into the ministry and they don't take time for their families. That's happened historically in America and, and I grew up that way. I mean, I wasn't a pastor's kid, but uh, I knew pastor's kids. My, my best friend was a pastor's kid and, uh, and his father didn't do that. But, and I learned from my, my pastor. When we raised our children, we took time with our children. We went to the ball games. We, we took them all over four counties, you know, when they were playing ball. One was going here and one was going there. We were interested in them. So we didn't ignore our family. 
And, and my kids weren't the worst kids in church when we were growing up. They were, they were children. They were teenagers like anybody else. But they, they weren't bad kids. They were good kids. And Pastor Greg is raising his children the same way. And, and, and of course, my other son is too. He's not a pastor. But uh, so often you see pastor's kids don't turn out very well. It's because they're ignored by their parents. And, this, and it's even worse in Africa. We, we started asking questions, and oh, yeah, the, the preacher's kids are the thugs in town. And uh, so Pastor Greg was able to teach on the importance of, of investing in your children. You can't invest your entire life into the church and sacrifice your children. I mean, what good is it if you win the world and lose your family? And they hadn't been taught that. These men and women, they, they, every day from the time they get up until the time they go to bed, it's all about ministry. It's all about uh, people, other people. And their, fam their kids just roam around and are ignored. So Pastor Greg brought some real balance there. That was so good. And, uh, and of course, I taught on other issues that I teach on on the local church. And um, at the end, we had a question and answer session. Uh, Greg said, we've never done that before. And Greg suggested we do it. It was great. Because the questions really showed us that what we were teaching were things that they needed because they asked very good questions. At first, we couldn't understand the questions, and I answered them wrong. <laughs> the interpreters that, you know, I don't get through much material because when you're going through an interpreter, it takes twice as long. And I, I sometimes go long, you know. It has happened. <laughs> and so I only, get, I only get half out what I would normally get. But the interpreter usually is, is one of the, he's usually one of the city pastors because the, the uh, pastor's conference was in town in a, in a church that, that Christopher had rented for this uh, conference. And, uh, and so the interpreters are city pastors. They work, you know, in the churches in town. Well, I know we had 96 people who came. I don't know if it was from another country or another town, but it was some distance away. They drove a long time to get. And there was a group of them from one place, it was 96. And so then there are people in the, in the uh, crowd, ministers, that are from the outlying areas. And a lot of these, these Africans, they have uh, historical tribal languages that sometimes are different from one another. They, most everybody speaks, well, not most everybody, most all of these pastors in the crusade, I mean, in the, in the uh, crusade, a lot of people didn't speak any English. That's why Pastor Greg and I didn't go down and lay hands on people because Christopher wants us to then ask, you know, what's wrong with, you know. We go down, and every year it's just, it's a, it's a total waste. We can't communicate. But in the cities, at least, most of the pastors speak some English, but then they, but they're, it's broken English, and it's hard for them to understand. They speak these tribal languages, and they're all similar, but they're not exactly the same. Well, these city uh, pastors who did the interpreting for us, they speak very good English. They don't speak these tribal languages all that well. So one of them was taking the, the, uh, the questions and they're trying to figure out what these people, they wrote down on a piece of paper and half of it was English words and half of it was other kind of words. And so the interpreter, you know, he's trying to figure out. And so he he got some of the questions wrong. He didn't understand them. So when he gave them to me, I didn't understand. So I answered them wrong. Finally, we got sort of that straightened out, you know. 
But their questions were very good questions. They were relevant. And uh, it really helped us see that they were getting it. That it wasn't just what they were telling us. We could see for our own, with our own eyes they were really getting the things we, we ministered. So it, it was very rewarding. And uh, we were just grateful for the opportunity to go and to, uh, to see what God's doing uh, through Christopher Allen firsthand. But then also to have a part in helping the, the pastors keep the harvest that comes in and, and, uh, and know how to conduct themselves. Because there's, there's a lot of false teaching. Of the, there's a lot of false teaching on church government over there. There are all of these uh, so-called apostles. And, I mean, they're almost more apostles than there are people. You know, I think you've heard the expression. Everybody's an apostle. And, and they're not. You know they're not apostles. They just, they just claim to be apostles. And then you've got the pastors and you've got the bishops over the pastors. Well, that's not biblical. And then you've got the apostles over the, and prophets over the bishops. And, they run, and, and most of them don't have anything to do with the churches. They don't come in. They don't help. They don't do anything. They just come in and take all the money. And uh, so there, there was a lot of uh, uh, hurt feelings about that, and a lot of uh, uh, mistrust and so forth. So we were able to uh, hopefully sort some of that out. So anyway, uh, and, and we tried not to run off too many apostles. <laughs> but we probably made some of them a little angry. Uh, but we had a great time. And so, huh? What now? Oh, yeah, Pastor, Pastor Greg ministered one night in the crusade. This is the second time. Christopher has asked Pastor Greg to minister in the nightly crusade. He hasn't asked me yet. So I'm beginning to get a little bit of a complex, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so, but, but Greg did a wonderful job, you know, really good, solid salvation. He preached about 15 minutes. That's all you've given. And uh, maybe that's why he didn't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> maybe my reputation goes before me. I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, it was, it was wonderful to, to be there and be a part. And we, we thank you. We couldn't have gone without, without your generosity. It's just another outreach of this church. We are, this church is having a global impact, not just in giving and then not knowing where it goes, but actually going over there and see it in, in work and then actually participating over there. And so uh, we appreciate all of that. Had a great time together. And so uh, praise the Lord. I thought you'd, you'd, you'd like an, an update on that. Huh? Yeah, we have some pictures. Are Jack, are you back there? I can't. Who's back there? Is it Jack? Yeah. Wave your hand, Jack. I can't see. Yeah, there he is. I forgot. We have some pictures. Put those up. This is where the pastor's conference was. And, uh, huh? Say that again. <laughs> Pastor Angela said, see, they sit up close. Anyway. Yeah, they filled the front, you know. So this is the pastor's conference, uh, one session where I, that was me and, and one of the interpreters. I had different interpreters, not just different days, but even different sessions they would have. I guess their voice got strained. I'm the one doing both sessions. But anyway, this, this man was, was one of the better interpreters. I liked him. He, he seemed to stay with me pretty close. There, hold, hold, hold on that one. Pastor, not on the next one. Pastor Greg, when he taught, he had an interpreter he would, Pastor Greg would make like, uh, you know, a short, because you have to break your sentences down. He, he, he'd give one sentence that would like five seconds. This guy would go on for a minute or a half a minute. And he's, and he's well, I noticed this when, when Greg's interpreter first took the stage. Everybody started, ooh, started, they loved this guy. He was, he was like an evangelist. 
And they, and I thought, man, this, this crowd is really more up today than they were yesterday when I was ministering, you know, or, or in the earlier sessions. Well, they like this guy because he's so, he's a powerful preacher. Well, he'd take everything Greg said and, and add to it. <laughs> Amplify it and add to it. And, and so Greg was watching uh, Pastor Farai on the front row, who, who was our driver every day, works for Christopher. And it, we, Pastor Greg was watching him to make sure Pastor Fry wasn't frowning. You know, this guy wasn't saying something different than what you were saying. But I, t- I said, I don't want that guy interpreting me. He might, he might not be cr- uh, saying anything opposite, but I don't want him adding to what I'm saying. Greg loved it because it, it got the crowd all enthused, you know. But, uh, but I liked my interpreters because they just stuck with what I said, as far as I know. <laughs> and uh, this is Pastor Greg uh, ministering, of course. Now, this is a shot taken from where we're, I think uh, Greg took this picture from where we were seated on the platform. This looks like, you can see the, the men down front. This, this is after uh, the salvation message had been given and people came up for healing. So you can see a line of local pastors praying for people. Like I said, we've gone down there in years past, but it just got to where we, we were wasting our time. We couldn't communicate with people. We didn't know what was wrong with them, what we were praying for. This is Pastor Greg preaching in the, in the nightly crusade. This man to his left is a pastor of a church in Lusaka where Greg preached two years ago. Usually we do the crusades and the minister's conference and on Sunday, Brother Christopher farms us out to different churches and, uh, and we preach in, in Greg goes one way and I go another way. We go into different churches. This is the pastor of the church where Greg ministered last year, and he and, and this man, his name is uh, Nelson, uh, these two, they, they've become close friends. And so he, he, he was in the interpreter for Christopher in the nightly crusade every night, and he interpreted for Greg. So they've, they've got a real good relationship. Uh, oh, this, this woman, I remember her from Scotland. She was deaf in, uh, in one ear since she was five years old. And God opened her ears that night and she heard me. And I had a chance to talk to her afterwards. She actually uh, is coming to Fort Lauderdale uh, later this year or first of next year and wanted to know where I live. And I said, Florida. Oh, you're in. So, no, I said, no, we're not close. <laughs> but uh, she was healed. Uh, oh, this was the woman that had the growth. See where her hand is? She said, this growth was way out there. And look at her. There's nothing wrong with her face at all. And I mean, it just, it just disappeared from the time she was prayed for till she came up on the platform. It was amazing. She had some kind of a tumor, I think. Uh, this little boy, his, his deaf ears were opened and he could hear and, and, uh, and he answered, you know, the questions. And, and I don't know if it was this boy or another boy, uh, or it might have been a little girl. I think it was a little boy who was deaf and mute. It was a little girl, I think. And she had, she had not spoken because she couldn't hear. And God opened her ears and she began to speak. And Christopher said, you know, one. And she would say one and two. She was repeating. She hadn't been able to speak because she was deaf and then she was talking. Oh, this is her. Yeah, she, she was deaf because of witchcraft. That's what it was. She could not hear or speak because this, her grandmother, I'm guessing that's her grandmother with her, said that a witch doctor had put a curse on her, this little girl. And from the time that he did that, she was not able to speak. 
completely, and, and, and she, she could not hear and she could not speak. And God set her free. Glory to God. This is the man that had his legs crushed by a vehicle, ran over him. And he healed, I mean, God healed him and he was up and walking and he was demonstrating, you know, how, to use, how he could use his legs now. And it was, it was, it was really phenomenal. Praise God. This is us, of course. <laughs> uh, after, at, right after the crusade, as people were beginning to... Well, it might have been during the crusade because people don't look like they're leaving. But anyway, that was a good shot. This, this is Brighton, the, the celebrity praise and worship leader. Can you pause this for a second? This song, we sing it. And Pastor Greg, I mean, Pastor Christopher told me this song was written by a Zimbabwean uh, in the neighboring country, which I didn't know, and it became very popular. Anyway, we, it's gone all over the world, I guess. Is that a... This is after the actual service. I think this was Sunday night. Is that it? Well, praise the Lord. That's, that gives you a little flavor of what we do and uh, it's really exciting so if any, any of you want to go you're certainly welcome to go come along you know and so uh, you can talk to me about it and make plans praise the Lord well I was going to teach a little bit but how many of you think I shouldn't <laughs> praise the Lord At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.